A.K.A. Responsible, proper, social distance, shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions, and ours too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear on this podcast, or anywhere else for that matter, unless you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. So it's episode Jeffless. (laughs) (laughs) True. It's too bad that Jeff is not here, because we have ourselves a bona fide humanist fight or a fight about humanism, which appropriately involves Richard Dawkins and is happening, of course, over social media, not some dirty fight club ring. And it's kind of going to be one of those old school Godless Heathens rundown episodes because there's a lot of crazy out there. Like another church here in Georgia, this one in Woodstock, got more than they bargained for when they tried to kick out a lesbian member and the letter went viral on them. Also, our least favorite pastor is telling his congregation that Christians need to take America back by force. So, you need a drink after that intro? After all that, I do need a drink. And unfortunately, I'm going to continue to need a drink because I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow and I'm on a no-alcohol regimen. So, I'm drinking Coca-Cola. Drinking local. I am proud of you. I went to the doctor. uh, I had a physical uh, just checkup a couple weeks ago and they're like... Do you consume alcohol? And I'm like, I have an entire bottle of wine once every two weeks. <laughs> She's like, there's a story there. I'm like, yeah, there is. <laughs> so. so I'll drink for the entire pod. I am uh, drinking a Wild Leap Partners in Crema, a coffee stout with cocoa and coconut. It is 10%. It is pretty good. It's not as good as their IPAs. And one of the reasons okay. I'm drinking it is because I started with a Wild Leap Rollin' Deeper Cinnamon Roll Stout, which, hey, how wrong can you get with the Cinnamon Roll Stout? How bad can it be? It's got cinnamon roll in it. Not a fan. Mm. Uh, it's 12.5% alcohol, but it's a milk stout. I took three sips. Still not digging it. I was going to ask, did you take three sips? I did. I, I followed the Jeff rule. You gave it a fair shake? I did. What else can you ask? It's not doing it for me, so... We'll switch to another Wild Leap, a nice coffee beer, and on we go. There you go. If you're an atheist these days, and of recent, do you have to have an opinion on Richard Dawkins? Has it got to the point where maybe it's kind of past the point where he is almost universally admired, and now it is much easier to have a nuanced opinion about him? Is that fair? 
I think that is fair. I, I think you could go further and say that you could say that about a lot of the, and listeners at home can't see the air quotes, atheist leaders that drew a lot of us into this, or, or maybe not in, in, in each you know, individual instance. But a lot of the, at least, at least a lot of the, like the four horsemen, so to speak, of new atheism and that whole wave there seems to be some distancing and backpedaling from a lot of these figures. So when they talk about the four horsemen, mm-hmm. there had to be a conversation about like, you have your your Mount Rushmore of new atheism, but you chose a Bible analogy. Yeah. I mean, well, was there not any irony in that? Like at the time, was it not like, could we have thought of a of a comparison that didn't involve the Bible? Or are we just being cheeky? I think I mentioned this early on in the podcast, like maybe single digit episodes. We, we talked about how if there would have only been three of them there, they would have been called the three musketeers of atheism. And if there was five of them, they would have been, I don't know, the Susie Quattro or whatever. of Who knows? But it would have been a different reference, whatever, whatever the reference was. And actually, side note, one of the defenders that, that came to his defense, Ion Hirsi Ali, was supposed to be the fifth member, but was not able to make a, a particular... I think the whole thing started with the Four Horsemen was they were all in one of them's apartment in New York. I want to say it was Hitchens' apartment in New York. It was Hitchens, Dennett, Dawkins, and Harris. And Ali was supposed to be there also. And it would have been five, but she was not able to make it. So it turned out that it went down as the Four Horsemen. So we should probably reference why Richard Dawkins, at least in this world, is in the news. Do you have the tweet pulled up? I do have it handy. It's not just one. He's he's made a number of statements in recent time, but there's there's one in particular a couple of weeks ago that really put it front page. So in 2015, Rachel Dolezal, a white chapter president of the NAACP, was vilified for identifying as black. Black is capitalized. Some men choose to identify as women. And some women choose to identify as men. You will be vilified if you deny that they literally are what they identify as. Discuss. So, on its surface, what do you think of that and the fact that he chose to post this and have people talk about it? He immediately, well, not immediately, within a week, he kind of backtracked a little bit on it and and gave a give a rebuttal. Should we read that? If you got it, read it. I do. So he, he says, I do not intend to disparage trans people. I see that my academic, air quotes, disgust question has been misconstrued as such, and I deplore this. It was also not my intent to ally in any way with Republican bigots in the U.S. now exploiting this issue. He should have known that Republicans are already exploiting the issue and it's going to be taken in that context prior to sending the tweet. But that's neither here nor there. The tweet should have never been sent to begin with. So you're on the on the team. Shouldn't have done it. Yeah, I'm on team. Don't align a particular group of people with a fraud. Yeah, I'm on that team. I, I, you could say that. Yeah. That's what Rachel Dolezal did. She perpetuated a fraud of, of who she was. Mm-hmm. And... By putting that out initially and to start the tweet, it's like, this is a fact. This is another fact. And we just automatically make a correlation between, between 
two statements like that. And, and that's what he's doing. He's drawing a comparison between the two and saying that many men choose. Men don't choose to be women. That, that's not how transgender works. So he's, he, he's, he's wrong on, on, on many accounts on, on that. He says that he wants to, as discussed on the last Godless Heathens, let's just have a conversation, Don. Yeah. Discuss. Let's put this out there on the place known for calm, rational, introspection, thoughtful, introspective thought. behavior. Twitter. <laughs> you know what? When I, when I want that, I go straight to Twitter. Because limiting to 240 characters or 280 or whatever it is, is the way to really dig deep on a subject and get to the meat and the heart of the subject. So yeah. it also is curious that he chose to actually respond to it. So are you also reading too much into it when he says in his follow-up that he did not intend to disparage trans people? So is he admitting that he disparaged them? No. It's like when somebody says, I'm sorry you feel that way. That's not really an apology. It's, this is kind of on you, and, I, and, and I'm sorry that my truth hurts your feelings. That's the way it came off to me was, is that it was kind of a backhanded apology. This isn't his first. No. He just, a couple weeks ago, he recommended a book. I believe the, the book was about transgender and transgender issues. I have not read the book. I know nothing about the author. I don't know anything about it to say one way or the other. But his comment about it was, if even half of this book is true... It's, it's pretty amazing. Dillahunty p- pointed this out to him on Twitter. You don't recommend scientific literature on the basis of if half of it is true or not. It implored him to re- retire and just shut up and go away. Which also probably isn't very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the day, and this day was probably early to mid-2000s. I was working at the three-letter news network in downtown Atlanta. <laughs> O-A-N. There, <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy who I believe worked at Three-Letter Network International. Okay. And he was transitioning. It feels like Dawkins' tweet comes from that era. Absolutely. Well, he's from prior to that era. He's, what, 70s, 80s now, probably? Yeah. So he was kind of our age or maybe a little over our age during that time. And we're not exactly finger on the pulse of hipness. I'm reminded <laughs> on one app or another by my kids daily, well, weekly. The American, what was it, the American Humanist Association? AHA, yep. Took away. Stripped him of his 1996. So it was... 25 years ago, on the silver anniversary, they stripped him of his Humanist of the Year award. Jeff, where are you? Where where are you? This is made for you. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of blowback from a lot of the usual suspects. Also, AHA Humanist of the Year award winners, in some cases, that blew back. True. Such as? Jerry Coyne, Steven Pinker. Sam Harris tweeted about it, and Michael Shermer tweeted about it. And your boy David Silverman oh, tweeted about it. lest we forget. And uh, Jeff's boy, Peter Bogosian. A regular who's who. Ian Hersey Ali. She also tweeted about it. And 75% of them talked about wokeness. As a pejorative. Always. 
Yes. Truly. Nobody uses woke (laughs) in the affirmative. Here's David Silverman's. Watch the virtue signaling. White man bad. Give us money so we can continue to accomplish zero things for atheism. We are heroes. Is wokeness like the dividing line? You either think it's the worst thing in the world and it's a slur, or the other side is, seriously, what are you guys bitching about? We've made our stance clear where we stand when it comes to right-wing atheism and anti-wokeness. Side note, I don't want to take us down a rabbit hole, but I did see a Facebook troll throwing out a Chauvin was innocent post that digressed sharply. Along comes Atheist for Liberty advertising, throwing out a net. Here's a link. If you're anti-woke, come on down. So they're hitting the keywords hard. Yep. I'm a little torn about taking the award away, particularly over, over a tweet. First of all, was it that horrible? I think what he said was absolutely horrible. The intent. I, I don't know his intent. I don't know what his you know thought process when he when he sent it. I think I kind of do, but I you can't say for sure. But I don't think he was innocent and used the wrong vernacular, or, you know, or something along those lines. Right. I'm just I'm totally talking about it in an academic sense. You people, why are you reading into this? I'm an academic. Just like I said, he laid out the case of a fraud and then used this to juxtapose against that fraud as if they were doing the same thing. Right. Equal. Like A, like B. So why are they different? Equal actions. Yes. If you take it away, this was one of the only points that I kind of understood. Do you look at everybody's record now? Aren't we already? Well, the two examples that were used a lot were Margaret Sanger, who is the founder of Planned Parenthood, she was 1950-something uh, yeah. Humanist of the Year. Yeah, long, long time ago. Probably more than dabbled in eugenics. Yeah, she was Nazi-adjacent at best. They haven't taken it from her. And I want to say that you should... Uh, no, I am saying this. Should you go back in everybody's history and apply... Because what standard are you applying? This isn't like they went back and they found some quote of a book of his from 1973 right. and said, oh, hey, no, we can't have that. We, if we'd have known, we'd have never done This is an ongoing situation, and it's not just one tweet. This is a series of missteps on his part, to put it extremely lightly. So you're saying that, that they, the recency— I think the actions deserved, absolutely. First of all, there's a recency bias, mm-hmm. and— There is what he is doing is on social media as opposed to a kind of a dusty historical record. But Planned Parenthood's under attack. Are you going to attack the founder of Planned Parenthood? Right. You're shaking your head kind of. That's probably not a good place in the long run for. I thought thought we were about truth. but, uh, and, and I'm sorry, what's her name again? Singer? Margaret. Margaret Singer. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming she is dead and not tweeting at this point? Uh, way. I would think that is why. Kind of like a let sleeping dogs lie type situation. But if she was down at the home and, and, and like tweeting out shit about Jews and stuff, I'm sure they would take her award from her Well, team. speaking of, one of the yeah. other ones was author Alice Walker. And I think she is very much alive. Now, is she, I don't know, I, I don't follow her on Twitter. Is she, is she I, actively I don't think, out there besmirching members of the public? I don't think she's on Twitter. But <laughs> So you can take this for what it's worth. 
there is a section of her Wikipedia page devoted to anti-Semitism. Let's just wade into the minefields. Planned Parenthood, <laughs> abortion, black author, anti-Semitism. And transgenderism. And, we shouldn't step on any landmines and have this be the last episode uh, by any means. There's no way. <laughs> Jeff, save us. And I believe it was Steven Pinker who referenced Alice Walker in his rebuttal. He wrote a letter along with another, and I forget the, the woman's name, but she was also former a winner. former rip, or not, she was still, she, I don't think they, they didn't turn in their awards. They, right. they still have them. But yeah, they are also were AHA, Humanist of the Year. Either correctly or cowardly, mm-hmm. he turned off responses to his tweet on that. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. I think smartly. You'll get grief for people like, you know, you can't handle having the conversation, but it's been pretty Uh much established that you really can't have one on Twitter. So why bother? It's weird. I think back, we were talking about the the four horsemen. In the long run, when we look back at this time in antiquity, was Hitchens the lucky one by dying before he was able to go off the reservation? That is. And his reputation is still what it was all those years ago. No other shoe has dropped since he's died. But Harris, Dawkins, Dennett not as much. You, you don't hear as much from, from Daniel Dennett as, as you do from, from the other, other ones. He chimed um, in on this. He did chime in on this one. Yep. So I'm definitely not defending Dawkins. I don't think he's being 100% honest by backing away with his hands up like, whoa, I didn't mean that. When I said discuss, I meant let's have a civil conversation. Just like Again, like we always have on Twitter. Again, it kind of confirms your priors. Oh, these people are saying it? I obviously disagree with them. And to take the award away for this, can you not just disagree and say, we don't like what you did, we don't think you're being honest, and as somebody who we honored, we expect yeah. better. As opposed to, we're taking it away, and you make all of these people now feel like victims that the woke state is stepping on. The only thing, and we don't know this because we're not board members at the American Human Association. Could be someday. That's the whole reason behind the podcast. Totally. Is just to get us on the board. 100 episodes. We don't know if the American Humanist or somebody from American Humanist reached out to Dawkins directly and said, hey, here recently you've been saying things in public and saying things on social media that we have problems with. And if you continue down this road, we may be forced to rescind your award. Was there a shot across the bow? So I will go out on a limb and yeah. say no way. Because you if think? that's the case... Dawkins would have tweeted about it because those would be receipts. I would have thought if they would have taken his award away for this tweet, they would have taken his award away for one of his earlier tweets or statements. Right. Because this isn't... If this isn't the first time... It, it's not out of so, character. Yeah, exactly. It's not It's not out of character. So is this the hmm, religious term schism? And I know we've mentioned that phrase and... Atheist denominations? Yeah, kind of. I know that I don't identify, at least as an atheist, with the politics and the beliefs of that... Faction? Faction, thank you, of, of atheism. If you put hashtag woke or have wokeness in anything that you say or put on social media, 
I can almost guarantee you that I'm tuning you out, whoever yeah, it is. absolutely. And they whine like the powerful evangelicals that they used to criticize and now politically cozy up to. They have more in common with the Ben Shapiros of the world than they probably ever did before. To think that David Silverman would be tabling at CPAC because he agrees with them. What what the hell? Well, he always tabled at CPAC, but before it was a case of we're here because we might find people that agree with us, not we're here because we agree with these people and their, and their politics. It was maybe we may find somebody on the other side of the aisle that agrees with us when it comes to this particular topic. Yeah, it's one thing to go there and basically be like an enemy guest on Fox News. Yeah. But they were there in in solidarity with the cause. Uh, Sam Harris and David Silverman had similar disses. Sam Harris, bold move for a struggling organization. When everyone has forgotten you exist, why not remind them by committing suicide? So that's actually a good line. Take all context away from it. That's what Twitter's for. It does get to the heart of the issue. Well thought out, if nothing else. I don't agree with it, but yeah. I mean, I can't tell you the last time anything the American Humanist Association said or did. Like, have we discussed it on this podcast? Barely. Barely. Barely, if ever. I'm familiar with them. I get email updates. I'm on the email list. So I, I get stuff from them a lot. So they're, they're kind of on my radar, but they're probably more on my radar than, than most. Very infrequently do you show up on Thursday or in the, the group chat prior to recording. You know, I was reading the American Humanist Association email. They had a really good piece on, or, <laughs> hey, did you see this AHA tweet? Man, that one cut to the heart of the matter. And I, I get kind of what he is saying. And that's one of the things, where, like, when Jeff says he's a humanist, yeah, they don't have, not that atheists do really either, but I don't know what it means to be a humanist. And for them to take a stand like this does seem random and makes me question what's okay with you and what's not. Because it's not like it's based on some, some you know what, we're going to treat everybody the same way because this is what we believe in. If you're too far outside of it or you're attacking it, then we will take action. I have not seen or heard them do that. And this one, they did. Obviously, it was either straw that broke the camel's back or... You know, on the other side is Sam Harris's, and I wouldn't say David Silverman because it totally fits his M.O. to just ridicule and attack. Yeah. But there wasn't a... Sam Harris could have said, I'm disappointed in the AHA for doing this. I thought they stood for, this is an organization mm -hmm. that, and it was just a dunk. It was a Twitter slam. Yeah. It's, it's what you expect when you open Twitter, is, is somebody's going to dunk on somebody here. And that obviously... That doesn't help. He's not defending no. what Dawkins said, but he's also not condemning it. No. He could have said, you know, I'm friends with Richard Dawkins. I've known Richard Dawkins. And yeah. he may have said something inarticulate or in a way that was too open for interpretation. But I know his heart and blah, blah, blah. And that's not him. They didn't say that either. 
Nope. It was just, hmm, somebody that I don't like is down, kick them. The people that respond to all of those tweets and that type of, that vibe on this story are not mm. people that I think I want to hang out with. No, I, th- I think it was the definitely the, the AHA was, there. there's a line in the sand and they were planting their flag firmly on one side of that line. Oh man, but how freaking 2020, 2021 is that? Well, if you don't, then you're accused of trying to sit the fence. Take, I'd, I'd rather them as an organization take a stance one way or the other. Okay, I'll go with that. But is this a new stance? Because he, in some ways, he has a, I'll play the other side. Does he have a right to be aggrieved? Because, like, why me? And why now? Like, are we are we going to, as an organization, are you going to criticize everything that every other person who's been given the award by you is saying? And again, that's not defending it. But yeah. is there a history of the AHA being consistent about this kind of across the board? Or is it just basically, fuck that guy. We have had enough. I read his yeah. stuff all the time. He is off the reservation. The fact that we have awarded him our highest honor is just too gross. Kick him out. When you are the AJ Humanist of the Year or American Atheist, Atheist of the Year or, or whatever award or accolade that you get, when you tweet something out, on social media, you are representing those organizations that gave you those awards, aren't you, in some way? Are you? To some capacity. Well, if that's the case, then if Margaret Sanger was the humanist of the year back in the 50s, you got a lot of work to do to look at 50-plus winners. No, 70-plus winners. And when you get the award now, understand that if you fall on a line, we're going to snatch it. Where's the line? You'll know when we take it away. I'm surprised that that there hasn't been a, a free speech defense. Just because you gave me an award doesn't mean I cannot, quote, speak my truth. Now, he didn't say that. He kind of did this academic like, hey, I'm just talking about it. You know, let's discuss. Yeah. You know, I'm a college guy. That's what we do. We have conversations on Twitter. Like, bruh. To me, that's just a bold-faced lie. That is not what you were doing. And own up to it. So I'll give you where I think the problem is. Is beginning of the last sentence. You will be vilified if you deny that they are literally what they identify as. Yeah, but everything before that is false, is the, is the problem. And he said, he tried to distance himself. I'm not, you know, the, the right-wing American aspect of it. But that's exactly what the attitude that they take is, is that, well, I can just show up at work tomorrow and I'm a woman and then I can come back in on Thursday and I'm a man and I come in on Monday and I'm a cocker spaniel. There's a lot of really terrible laws that are being pushed in state houses across the country. So that are based are, on that type of thinking absolutely. that is so wrong. Because what he's saying is that person A perpetrated a, 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 a racial fraud. Person B is, is perpetrating a gender fraud or a sex fraud. And if you point that out as a scientist, then you're vilified. Is that, that's the way I took his tweet to, to read. That's what I thought he was saying not in so even, many words. Uh, not even as a scientist, but as, as anyone. Yeah. That there's a thought police... This is the new right-wing 
scare tactic. It, it was gay marriage before that. But now every Republican in the country all of a sudden has a burning passion about women's high school sports and making sure it's fair. It's just the next culture war that they're going to try to beat you with. And he's playing directly into that right-wing religious evangelical thought process. Well, but it's not necessarily right-wing. Maybe right-wing, but it's not religious. Anti-trans is not religious? No. Dawkins, he's down with it. The same anti-trans mindset that they are. He's getting up on a different train, but he's at the same station. Yeah. So it does, you know, in the end, when you look around, he's at CPAC. He may, he may not like it. But he is. But that's where he's at. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's age. Maybe it's the fact he's a scientist. But for somebody like him, I'll give him credit in this respect. He didn't give a shit about his legacy. He didn't care what anybody thinks, which is, by the way, got him to the point that he is today by, in his mind, I think, speaking truth to power and orthodoxy. Yeah, exactly. And now when he is saying this, he's aligning himself with them in that regard. Was he vilified as much for this as he was for the God delusion when it came out? Not by the same people, but just in society in general. If Twitter was around when he did it, Mike Huckabee would have made fun of him too. Yeah. He would have been the villain of the moment on Fox and right-wing media. Because there always is one. Mm -hmm. In his follow-up, you could tell what he really cared about. Because it mentioned specifically, it's not my intent to ally with any Republican. Well, sorry, Republican bigots in the United States. He may have looked at the responses and said, I, I don't want these people to agree with me. But he didn't say, huh, maybe I need to rethink what I said. If these people agree with me, maybe what I said needs to be reassessed. I don't feel any of that reassessment happening. <laughs> no. So is there like two kinds of atheists? The, the anti-woke and us? I don't like to be called woke, by the way. I don't think it bothers you as much as it bothers Jeff. Since he's not here, why does it bother him? It doesn't, it doesn't bother me because I don't. I don't know. I just because I, I I know why you don't really respect the people that are calling you woke. It kind of bounces off. It's like a dumb person making fun of you for being educated. What did you do? Go to college or something? <laughs> yeah. College boy, think you know everything. I I don't think though that regardless of this, this is mm -hmm. kind of indicative of a lot of other ones that are happening everywhere, and it does happen faster. And it doesn't happen over a decade. You know, how long did it take for gay marriage to be accepted by the majority of people in the United States? Long time. But when it turned, it, it turned rather quickly. Not as quick as this. No. And the faster it happens, the less equipped we are to, quote, have the conversation. Gay marriage is the law of the land now. So th they've lost that battle. It's like you, you don't hear anybody complaining about mixed marriages anymore. That battle's long been won. Uh, you probably don't hang out in the right social media platforms. Should get out more. <laughs> but 
it, it always changes. It was mixed marriages, then, then it was the, the homosexuals, and, and now it seems to be that they got to find somebody else uh, to vilify for the culture war. And that has moved away from, from just gays and lesbians to, to trans people. Right. But how long is it going to take for U.S. senators and House of Representatives anti-folks to have kids or relatives that are trans? Oh, you know, I didn't believe in climate change till the ocean took away my beach house. I didn't believe yeah. that, you know, you could be born gay until my kid was. I didn't believe in this COVID pandemic. Till I died. I got it and almost died. Oh, by the way, I'm Ted Nugent. And I probably still don't believe, but I almost died. I don't think there's going to be enough trans people in families to change public opinion against the tide. If it takes having a trans member in your family or in a, in a politician's family to get that person to change or whatever... From a straight math perspective, the percentage of trans people in, in society versus the number of, of gay people in society, that's why gay was accepted quicker. And obviously, it wasn't quick. It wasn't quick, it wasn't painless, and it's still not over. Give me a non-religious argument against homosexuals. You're on the wrong podcast for that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, there is not one. I don't, oh, no, no, no. People like Dawkins could make a biological argument. If everybody was gay, then, then there would be no procreation. We'd all die out. Other than a religious argument for that, it's an abomination to God. What reason is there against equal rights for, for, for gays or trans or, or any other marginalized group in, in society? Maybe Andy Stanley has a podcast. You should ask him. Um, <laughs> but Well, I'm just saying that's where it all stems from. Whether you're still religious, if you hold those beliefs, they stem from that. But you have people who aren't religious that mm -hmm. are making the, quote, scientific argument against. And they're whining about being victimized. Now, full disclosure, audience, I've never been humanist of the year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever been a finalist, even. I, I'll check the list if you want. I'll run down it real quick. Just make sure. Just double check. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe my finalist letter got lost in the mail. <laughs> you know, you took it away from him and not from other folks. You could think if you're him, the, the AHA has like a ranking. Trans are at the top. Eugenics, not there. Anti-Semitism, we're not going to go there. We're going to go here. It's not a defense of Dawkins because he kind of makes a scientific argument for the same thing that people are making religious arguments for. Mm -hmm. And he wound up in bed with people that he despises and they despise him. If that happened, one might want to think or have some introspection yeah. about how this happened. How did I agree with Mike Huckabee, but we took different trains to get to the station? If that was me, again, non-atheist or humanist of the year but i still could be i would wonder potentially did i go wrong if you hold beliefs that you change there is a moment like that right yeah where you realize oh i probably shouldn't do that anymore or should probably leave that behind that was a, a good conversation on a recent 
Chris Hayes podcast. He didn't use the word, but he talked about how fag was a common slur. Yep. And I, in, in, speaking for him, I used it. It was pretty common vernacular. And I can't imagine now saying that, but I know I did it. And at some point he realized that's super uncool. And because I didn't put it on Twitter, I'm not going to be held accountable for that. There's there's no record of it. No. And he gets credit for who he is now and that he has grown. But by the way, I did the same thing, said the same yeah. thing. By the way, way past my teens. I'm so glad that for most of my life, everybody didn't have a recorder in their pocket at all times, video and audio, because there's, there's a lot of shit that I did that would not want a permanent record of. I played beer league hockey for decades. Definitely a locker room was not the most enlightened place no. in the Atlanta suburbs. <laughs> and by the way, even that changed. Like, not entirely, but way more than before. Way more. I guess my humanists of the year, they're going to go back and talk to people that I played beer league hockey with. and That might be your undoing. <laughs> Could be. It was a toss-up between you and Mandisa, and we had to go with Mandisa because, you know, she didn't play beer league hockey. So I, I don't express my beer league hockey circa 20, you know, 2003 on Twitter, though, either. No. And I guess that's my only criticism, at not knowing if you really want to have the conversation, then respond to him on Twitter or respond to him and say, you know what, we're kind of disappointed in what you said, but maybe you can explain this to us. And maybe we could actually have a conversation about it. Debate me about it. Not gonna, I'm not going to argue biology with Richard Dawkins. No. We're tr- that's, that's not what we're doing in society. It's, it's accepting somebody living with an outward appearance of how they feel about themselves inside. And, 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 and it is. And also, that is not fraud. Uh, for sure. And you he's know? smart enough to know what he's saying. For him to, to kind of basically slap you in the face, and then put his hands behind his back and say, I didn't slap you. Look, my hands are behind my back. He's too smart for that. He chooses his words too carefully to say something like that and not admit it. You know what? No. Just admit it. He said the same thing in other words in more than one occasion. Right. So, it's you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. For somebody who has been very strong with his opinions and has backed them up over his whole career. For this, seems a little a, a little smoky. And maybe this will disappear. But honestly, I think it'll, like everything else, it'll only get worse. <laughs> so changing gears, we had another local church, this one in Woodstock, that has made national news and has gone viral in, in a bad way, having to pull down all their social media and, and, and website and everything. Obviously, the first one was uh, Crab Apple Baptist Church with the Atlanta spa shooters, uh, who was a member there. Here recently, a the Woodstock Church of Christ sent a letter to one of their members and she posted it online. That letter went viral. It went crazy online. 
Crystal Cox is a salon owner. She is a, a lesbian woman. Her and her partner, I believe they own the salon together. And the Woodstock Church of Christ sent her a letter basically telling her that because she was living in a sinful uh, relationship that was not pleasing to God, that she either needed to show repentance or they were going to disfellowship her from the congregation. Four dudes, by the way. Nice thing about the letter is they, they, they were nice enough to put their phone numbers <laughs> underneath their signatures, <laughs> all four of them. This is not a call to action. I'm just laying that information out there for the listeners. But it is important that you understand that after fellowship has been withdrawn from you, Christians must not interact with you except to encourage you to repent and seek forgiveness. Needle, basically, to needle you a little bit that you're a sinner. How many women at the old Woodstock Church of Christ get their hair cut by her? And if they like the job she does, there yeah. is nothing going to stop them from going to her, do their hair. If nobody else can give them that look, they're not going to find another salon. They'll tell their husband they did, but they'll pay in cash. <laughs> I've, been, I've been going to the same person for 20 plus years. And probably politically, we are as far out as your arms can reach. In, wow. In, yeah. Like not probably even close. We get along great. She does a great job of my hair. I don't care what she says. She's cut my hair. One part of the letter that I found particularly uh, interesting, they said, if we fail to hear from you by April 30th, 2021, we would understand that you are not repentant and you do not desire to be forgiven for your sinful behavior. I thought Jesus and God provided forgiveness, not for dudes. No, no, no. It's it's the Woodstock Church of Christ that, that doles out forgiveness. Rick and Eugene. That being the case, an announcement to that effect will be made to the Woodstock Church of Christ on the following Sunday. And I'm looking at the uh, at the calendar here. April 30th falls on a Friday. That puts Sunday, May 2nd. You going to do a road trip? Uh, we're all vaccinated. I'm saying we, you know, little, little heathens go to church again. I, I would really like to talk to these four gentlemen about what sins they do because we're all without sin. Let he who hath you know, no sin cast the first stone. You know, what is, ooh, one of them's named Don. Oh, what is, what is Don, Gary, Rick, and Eric uh, doing that is not pleasing to God that if the rest of the congregation knew about, they might be disfellowshipped as well. They better be careful. There was a secretary of state who was going to run for governor in Alabama who was a man of God. And this was what last might even have been this month where his mistress went public with audio tapes. He didn't know she went public about it because he was being interviewed. Yeah. And he vehemently denied any relationship with this woman. Uh -huh. And they're like, oh, we have 19 hours of tape of you making sexy talk. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I banged the shit out of her. Screen <laughs> and screenshots of her yeah. Yeah. talking that he liked butt stuff. Yeah. Which, by, which, by the way, they're consenting adults. It's outside, obviously, the boundaries of their marriage. That's between him and his wife. A apparently not. But, but she went to Instagram with it, and it went completely viral and they did what all churches do is basically go offline and yep. pretend it didn't happen that's the digital version of la 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 i just i wonder what would happen if we showed up at the woodstock 
Church of Christ. Not not wearing, you know, the heathen's T-shirts. Properly dressed for a, for a Sunday service. You want to do it, don't you? Yeah, I do. I, I want to hear them say that they are kicking this woman out of this church congregation for loving another adult in a consensual relationship. Do you think they are going to be super observant about, I don't recognize you, brother. Who are you? Oh, well, I heard you you uh, you don't like the gays of this here church, and that's the way I feel, so here I is. You know, I want to join. I left my gay-loving church behind. I am moving on, and I, I want to join a new congregation. What would they do at that point? I praise you for your, for your stance and love of the Lord, brother. Let me on in here. I want, I want a fellowship. What are they going to say at that point? I don't know, but that'd be... That'd be some killer video. Oh, God, that would be. That, if there that, was some way we could secretly record that. that uh, would be the, only way, the only way you could do that is go in separately and have. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it would have to be organized and produced. One thing that wasn't, I don't think, discussed in a lot of it is she was not always a lesbian. I have no idea. I'll, all, all I've read on this is basically the letter that, that the, the church sent her, which was just dripping with righteous indignation. I think she is, I think she is a, a kind of recently come around to— New member of the team? Well, and, and by the way, if you're in a church like that, yeah, it, it, can, certainly, it can certainly have a thumb on you to— how you express yourself or what you what you allow yourself to think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't understand how somebody can be comfortable with them with themselves, you know, being gay and be religious at the same time when that book oh, says you, you totally all, can understand it. Why? You totally can understand it because because they have subjected might not be the right word, but not allowed yourself to be yourself because you can't think that way because that way has been that way from the time you're a little kid has been told to you is wrong and people who are like that are wrong and 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 righteous and, and by the way same this is the same thing with the massage parlor shootings yeah you cannot allow yourself to think that you can't be, you know, you can't be gay. Sinful people are gay. Being that way is wrong. If you're a religious person and a believer and somebody who is God-fearing, that's not you. And give her a ton of credit for basically overcoming all of that and saying, this is me. This is me. You can't tell me. But how do you hang on to the religion when you like if I can understand that if, if you grow up in, in a religious setting, tell you, you know, we are right and, and, and being gay is wrong. And the Bible is right. And that is an abomination and blah, blah, blah. Which many do. At some point when you grow up and you come to terms with the fact that you are gay and there's nothing wrong with that, then where is the wrong? It's going to be on the other side. They were wrong about this. What else are they wrong about? I think that has a lot to do with why a lot of young people are leaving organized religion because of their stance on on gay and lesbian and, and a lot of other social culture war type things is what's driving the young people away from the church is because they see that it's it's not evil it's not depraved it's not these things that it's claimed but to be. like everywhere don you you retreat further into your corner 
and you double down like the least favorite pastor of the godless heathens, Greg Locke. We've mentioned it in the open. He could be easy to laugh at and to dunk on. But what he's saying is, to me, it's dangerous. And he may not have a lot of people in the pews, but he's got a lot of folks on social media that listen to that shit. I think the fact that he's a pastor of a church gives him the platform because he is bigger online than he is in real life. No question. An article in Newsweek talks about him as, quote, a firebrand pastor. Yeah. That's not accurate. If if social media didn't exist, he would be a country preacher in Tennessee of 100, 200 people. You'd never hear from him. And he'd yep. never be called a firebrand. He'd no. be called some form of lunatic. He said they're going to roll up in tanks. They're going to drop down in helicopters to prevent you from worshiping. Like the anti-Christian army. Joe Biden's anti-religion army is going to stop prayer in its tracks. I mean, how much more victimhood does it get? He's dangerous, and that mindset is dangerous because he may be in some small church but he does have a big social media following, and he's not the only one that believes that. No. Like, not even close. And that stuff can't be ignored. Each one of them's trying to just go a little bit further than, than the last guy and be that much more provocative. Say something just a little more edgier. Because he's rewarded for it. Yep. He's rewarded and compensated for it. Social media that I'm on every day, you're on every day. Everybody that listens is on every day. You mean the My Pillow Guy site? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank. It's Frank, yeah. right? Frank. It's called Frank. Frank. Yeah. Can we? Can I be Frank? No, Frank is Frank. You, you be you. Uh, you. Have you signed up yet? It crashed. They always crash. It crashed, and he didn't even know. All right. People who aren't in tech don't realize how difficult it is to do this stuff well. It's expensive. You need people with skill, and there's a reason why the social media site with an F in its name crushes everyone else because technically they're the best at it. Yeah. yeah, They're easily the best at it. And that, that's one of the things that makes them evil. Oh, I usually rail on rail on them a little later in the show. Sorry. Got to a, little, a little, little early for your Facebook rant. Just, just a tad. <laughs> uh, do you have any recommendations? I finally saw my one recommendation that I've, I've mentioned a couple of times, the film Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. And you loved it. It was exactly what I thought it was. It was campy. It was over the top. It was 100% just a, a thrill ride. It was gorier than I thought it was going to be. Oh, I, oh I'm, you know what? I want to watch this, so I don't think I want to know anymore. Other than you, than you loved it. I enjoyed it immensely. Coming out of it, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be going into it. Okay. So I, I was absolutely, I, I got what I, what I was wanting. A real quick one. I started watching a new show. It's on sci-fi. It's called Resident Alien. And it drove me crazy. The first three episodes, I could not figure out who the guy was. The guy that's playing the lead in it. Finally, I was like, oh, it's that guy. All right, Steve the Pirate. He was the pirate in Dodgeball. Right, Steve the Pirate. It was killing me. I couldn't think of who the hell it was. But, but it's really, really good. It, he is a literally an alien from another planet that has crash landed on Earth, killed somebody, taken their form, and is basically living life as them. And he learned how to speak English by watching marathons of Law and Order. It, it's got some good humor in it. It's comedy, but it's an hour long, uh, not a half hour. But very good. I'm really enjoying it. All right, I have two. All right, what you got? 
Do you want the downer one? Or do you want the... Let's go down and end on a high. Okay. Or higher than a downer. <laughs> uh, you know what? Look, nobody reads when, when you do links and you, you send links. Nobody reads them. Like, like nobody. You talking about mine personally or just in general? Yeah, in, in, Oh, in general. Uh, totally in general. <laughs> but Dan Pfeiffer, who is the Thursday co-host on Pod Save America, has a substack called The Message Box. And okay. his latest at the time of recording is called Memo to the Media and Moderates. The GOP you love is gone. Which, by the way, I could not agree with more. And... Everybody, the media and moderates, refuse to actually believe that. But the subhead is the persistent and oft-perpetuated myth of a less Trumpy GOP is deferring important decisions and normalizing dangerous behavior. A thousand percent agree, which yep. is why you should read it. It's a really good column take it to heart thus ends the downer portion of my recommendations all right so you'll never guess the non-downer one i am binging the crown and hard oh no oh yeah absolutely two energetic thumbs up for the crown well big time like completely sucked into it and if you had to pin me down on it, I am a Royals hater. Okay. And but are, are you? Do you have a newfound appreciation for for the monarchy? In some ways, I do. Oh. Not appreciation, but understanding. Okay. That it is, as John Oliver said, deeply dysfunctional people in a like a deeply unnatural world and situation. But a lot of things, like, what's happening in The Crown is happening now. And that's kind of why, why I think I got sucked into it. Because when Prince Philip died, the, the queen, I think, turned 95 this week or something. She's really old. You know, the actuarial tables will tell you she doesn't have a lot of time left. Mm-mm. And when she does, what happens? And the whole show is about perpetuating the monarchy and what it takes. And these people subjugate their anything they have personally for the firm. Yeah. And everything that's happened in the crown historically is happening now and it's happening at social media speed. Oh wow. Everything you see, like the Harry and Meghan and People, people dying and who the successor is going to be and is it still relevant? And like everything is happening now, but just way, way faster. I'm not, a, I'm not like a complete Royals nerd, but I have a hard time thinking that Charles is ever going to be king because if that was the case, his mom would have gave it to him. By now, a yeah. long time ago, yeah, she would have stepped away. But, but there's a reason why she loves being queen, mm-hmm. and she might not even love her own son enough to let him be king. And if you take that away from Britain, what do they got to hang their hat on? That's going to be a huge blow to their collective 
idea of themselves. And by the way, here in the U.S., we ought to be thinking about the collective idea of ourselves on an hourly basis. But we don't, which is why we watch stuff like The Crown, because it's easier to watch somebody else go through those problems than acknowledge ours. All right. Well, on that note, see you all in two weeks. See ya. Night, everybody. My gun, he made me mad. The devil's bad, the devil is a bomb, but the devil is my friend. The devil is my friend. Wherever I go, the devil goes. The devil is my friend, and Godzilla is my friend. Godzilla is my friend. Wherever I go, Godzilla goes. Godzilla is my friend, and Shrinko was my friend, and Bridget was my friend, and Andrew Bob, he just popped off. Now Gorbachev is my friend, and Frank Sinatra is my friend. Some of the metal party and the devil is my friend, and the devil is my friend.